We are the Deke Geeks. I'm Mark. I'm Avery. Hello. And this is the show where we look back through the Deke Entertainment back catalogue, trying to find the ones that aren't mediocre. And trying, being very much a uh, key focus yes, and uh, the, uh, the, the biggest word. air quotes possible around trying. Well, more like least mediocre, because... <laughs> When you're talking about fucking do-it-cheap entertainment, they, uh... Yeah. Yes, here's the thing about 90s cartoons. No. (laughs) (laughs) Not that this one's a 90s cartoon, this one's an 80s cartoon. And the thing about 80s cartoons is... Uh, no. And, um... (laughs) Actually, this one's a bit of a first, come to think of it. Um... Is this one the first deep cartoon that was licensed from a toy line? Well, um, aside from Pole Position coming out a year before, which of course has been a video game adaptation, uh, classic video game the, Pole Position. In the loosest well, sense yeah, of the word. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is the first toy line based cartoon that Deke did. Right, yes. Well, what we're talking about today is a cartoon based on. A series of toy cars called the Wheeled Warriors. Basically, the idea of the toy line was that they were modular. So you could pull the wheels off of one and put them onto another one. And uh, put big weapons from different cars and mix them up and make them how you liked. But... um, This wasn't a very successful toy line. And so Mattel, who were making it, got Deke to produce a cartoon about it and the cartoon has absolutely nothing to do with (laughs) any of the functions of the toy line just yeah um i mean it's it's said that the toys themselves have literally no backstory behind anything of it so basically this cartoon is a complete standalone property within the franchise in a sense it's almost there Hmm. uh the you can see they have copied the original designs of the car toys. Yes. But the car toys come with drivers. And none of the characters from Jason the Wheels Warriors were any of the action figures that came with the toys. That's a bit of a problem there, lads, isn't it? That's a bit of a problem. I mean, you've got a cartoon promoting a toy line, but the cartoon doesn't show off the toys. It does just, uh, yeah. Sort of missing the point a little bit, flying well, overhead a little bit. Well, it's less that it doesn't show off the toys, which it does. It's just that it has a better sense of design than the toys. Right. Which isn't a good thing. <laughs> when you look at the toys of the line and see them as being bland, it's not very good. Yeah. I mean, I think I have seen a picture or two of the toys from the uh, original Wheeled Warriors franchise and oh boy it's sad it's very sad they're okay they look like Poundland toys they do look very Poundland I'd say they feel like something that Ashen's just is just gonna randomly bring on one video but regardless we're not here to talk about the bits of molded plastic we're here to talk about as i mentioned before jason the wheeled warriors uh one of the cult classics of the deep catalog i don't understand why the theme tune probably well okay yeah <laughs> i i'll give you that one um 
honestly, this show contains some of Shuki Levels Levy's best music. It's the, the music show. is genuinely good. Like kid videos music it was all right it, it was passable 80s pop music at best but i mean the stuff here is like some genuinely really decent like glam rock adjacent stuff um it's it's a bit glam rocky 80s ballad rock yeah which is <laughs> i mean there are some genuinely good bits of work in this uh was it just shuki levy or was it um the uh, saban yeah Haim, Haim saban was in on this as yeah. well it shows they were excellent working together. The rest of the cartoon, however, I'm not sure it lives quite to the promise of the cult classic status. No, no, certainly not. I mean, it's very much feels like it was just horridly thought up of within about five minutes in such a way that they could do a lot of episodes without really having to worry about the actual main plot line of it all. Yeah. So they can just kind of excuse it as like part of the journey towards getting a thing. So they introduce a new MacGuffin every single episode that the villain is trying to get for some arbitrary reason. And the heroes must stop the villain because apparently bad things will happen once they get this arbitrary item. Even though we're never actually really shown the true power of the item in the first place. So can you explain the... um the the basis for the series because i found it a bit um complicated for a children's cartoon about uh, toys that have sort of plant weapons yeah okay so uh good old wikipedia here has provided us with a nice plot summary okay so we have here the series follows protagonists jace flora herc storm sailor oon and gillian in their search for jace's father audric simple enough simple enough Got a team of heroes searching for one of the fathers. You know, that's pretty regular cutting stuff. Meanwhile, they are opposing the main antagonist, Sawboss, and his followers, the Monster Minds. Yeah, you can tell that these terms came from the toy line. Oh, yes. Uh, Sawboss makes no sense as the name for a plant-based villain. No, not in the least. Does he even have a saw on his car? I mean, he must do. Yes. But, I mean, the thing is, is we never actually see him in the car in the first place because he's too busy being a mastermind. Yeah, that's true. Aldrich was a botanist who performed experiments with biotechnology uh, and in one experiment creating Flora, who is uh, one of the heroes. Kind of yeah. a fairy-type creature. I think we'll we'll get on to her. She's an interesting character, for sure. Um... In another experiment, Audric attempted to create a plant that could prevent starvation. But when he succeeded, a nearby star exploded into a supernova. The radiation from the supernova's explosion changed the plant and four others into the monster mines. Uh, Not that likely a story, but okay. Uh, The monster mines are a race of plant-like monsters who wish to conquer the universe for some reason. Yes, it was... (sighs) I mean, this is the... They... This involves them plants growing, and I quote, evil brains. Now, before we go further into the plot synopsis here, um, just an interesting thing on here. Wikipedia describes the Monster Minds as this. The villains are organic plant-based creatures called the Monster Minds, who travel via large green organic vines, which can grow in and across interstellar space and sprout seeds that grow rapidly into further Monster Minds. 
If they can clone themselves repeatedly like that an infinite number of times, why don't they just fucking create thousands of the buggers and just bum rush Jace and the team? And just get the fucking, like, they, they could win in just an episode. Just create shitloads of clones. Boom, there you go. Yeah, Zerg tactics. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what they're doing in the first episode. Let's face it, they're covering Barely. the entire place they, with... Uh, oh, no, five lads. Oh, what are we, a team of five people? Oh, no, well, we've got a big-ass ship thanks to this fucking zap-rouse-dower-ass dude. Oh, great, okay. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, you're right. This is a... <laughs> this is kind of an issue. Because if they have enough matter to grow vines that travel across interstellar space. Yeah. They certainly have enough matter to form a few cars. <sighs> Moving on. Uh, Audric created a route that could destroy the monster mines. What does that even mean? I'm not sure what that means. Also, the route is... takes the form of two medallions. Yeah, here we go. Uh... Created to destroy the monster mines, but was forced to flee before he could complete the task. After which, the monster mines made Aldrich's laboratory their headquarters. Aldrich kept half of the route himself and gave the other half to his servant, the eternal squire Oon, whom he sent to serve Jace. Why? Yeah, I don't understand. Because I mean, Just obviously, give him the full thing. You need both of them to work. I get it. If you, if or at like, the very fucking least, like, stay in one fucking spot. Tell Oon where exactly you are and how to find him, and then send him buggering off to Jace. Don't fucking just give him half of the fucking route. Send him off to Jace and go, you figure it out, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you are, you've created this situation when you've created this ridiculous fucking alien species that is pretty much instantly deadly to everyone. You have the key to stop this. And yet you're going, nah, we just split it in half and toss it across space. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Also, like, it's a root. It's yeah. a root. Grow more. Yeah. <laughs> and if the fuckers are already plants, what the fuck is a root going to do? That's, that's just going to create question. more of them. Surely. Like, that's not going to, like, that makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, unless it's you've created some sort of plant, maybe with non-evil brains that will fight the evil brain plant, and the result is an apocalypse of just plant fighting plant forever. Uh, finally, Jason and his friends are thereafter on a quest to find Aldrich and form the complete route. Great. Yeah. Now, here's the important thing with this. This show lasted 65 episodes of meandering on MacGuffin after MacGuffin. It never actually got resolved. The plotline never got wrapped up. Yes. It I, ended on a cliffhanger. I did read that uh, a movie was penned. Yes. But thanks to the failure of the Transformers and G.I. Joe movies, this would be the same tragic failure that uh, stopped them from making the Gem and the Holograms animated movie. Incorrect. It was failed because the toys didn't sell enough. They stopped production of the toys before the movie even came Fair out. Fair enough. Now, here's the interesting bit. The movie would have formed the final piece, of course, because it always does yes. in 80s cartoons. But, yeah. So the movie 
was actually going to be forming the final piece of the show, as it were. It was going to provide the finale, as it usually does with these 80s cartoons. Okay. And the interesting thing is that we actually have details about how it would have gone down. Oh, right, yes, because um, um, J. Michael Straczynski was penning that one, wasn't he? Yeah, he did a few of the episodes, and he was trying to kind of wrangle it into something that was, uh, in his own words, uh, attempting to hijack a dopey concept and make it into something more. J. Michael Straczynski, of course, uh, being the guy who created Babylon 5 and yes. who was responsible for the good episodes of uh, the real Ghostbusters. Yes. And also, apparently, well known for being uh, a user on Usenet, <laughs> which was very fun. As so many creators were at the time. Yeah. God, I miss Terry Pratchett. Um, but yeah, here we go. Uh, it would have provided the finale for the series with Jace and his Lightning League meeting the original Lightning League, because apparently there's an original Lightning League, and being trained on the homeworld of the Guardians, whatever the yeah. fuck that is. Yeah. Jace would have been reunited with his father, Aldric, but Aldric would have been killed by Sorbos as the Monster Minds begin a final assault on the galaxy. And in the final battle, Jace would unite the route and destroy Sorbos, ending the Monster Mind threat forever. Why is it a route if all it takes is to just join the two pieces together? Yeah, if to both of the pieces are already there. And on that fucking note, how... Did it get in the situation that Audric wasn't able to just stop it from the start? I mean, I guess half of the route might have been incomplete. That would make no sense, yeah, though. Yeah, it makes no sense organically, does it? No, because he explicitly had the two halves of the route in the first place. And he gave one half to Oon for some reason. Hey, here's a question. Yeah? Fire. Why isn't fire being used? It's organic matter. Yeah, that's also a very good fucking point. <laughs> Just a flamethrower. There you go. Once the mind's gone. I... <sighs> but anyway, um, the premise enough is it's complicated enough, and then you have the heroes. The heroes in this show all feel like they're from completely different animes, <laughs> except for one who is just Han Solo. So yeah, you make a very good point about them kind of all feeling as if they come from different animes. Uh, we have Jace. He's our main guy. If the fucking title didn't imply that enough already. Uh, he is the bearer of the magic root, or rather one half of the magic root. Which is just a medallion. Which is just a medallion. And also the legendary ring of light. Yeah. That's... I, I don't know what it does. Uh, the Ring of Light, if I remember correctly from the pilot, aside from the fact that it makes him the leader of the Lightning League, uh, and gives him, it allows him to control his car with the with his voice. I thought that was a communicator on his wrist. Uh, it might have been a communicator on his wrist. Either way, I think it just gives him the car. Great, brilliant, awesome. Oh, God. Uh, we have Audric, Jace's father, and original master of Oon, a creature of the magic roots. The Monster Mines Flora and the early Lightning League vehicles. We didn't see Audric because... Um, yeah, Space Dad is... Space Dad is only seen in the movie and the movie doesn't exist. He's a MacGuffin. Yes. I mean, I, I assume he's seen in some episodes and in... Possibly he, as a dream sequence. He is like seen in, in flashbacks in the yeah, first episode. Yeah, uh, But he doesn't really play into it. He's more there as a constantly hanging thread. 
Yeah, basically. Um, there's Jillian, a wizard, mentor to Jason Flora, Flora's crew creator and creator of all five Lightning League vehicles, implied to be centuries old. He's just a wizard. Yeah, he is it's a wizard. Just a generic wizard. This, I mean, this is what we mean by it feels like he's out of a different anime. He's got Merlin. <laughs> because it's, it's just suddenly Merlin. Yeah. He's not as bumbling as I would like him to be. Um, I think a bumbling wizard would work a lot better. Yeah, perhaps. But, I mean, at the same time, he's, his age is meant to be the kind of voice of wisdom in this case. Even though he rarely does anything. I mean, the cheekiest thing he does is uh, turn a bunch of lead into gold temporarily to flip over, to, to, to freak out and fool our Han Solo motherfucker over here. Who's known as M- Herc Stormsailor. Herc Stormsailor. Just a ridiculous fucking name. To be honest, that is a pretty George Lucas tier name. Yeah. Herc Stormsailor. Uh, a mercenary who is the proud owner and pilot of the space barge, the Pride of the Skies 2. Literally Han Solo. He used to have a close relationship with the pirate queen Morgana, and is implied he was once a member of the pirate guild. He has a flair. <laughs> he was once an intergalactic commander before he quit. And then there's this wonderful sentence right at the end. He was largely models after Han Solo. Because he's just Han Solo. He's just Han fucking Solo. Oh my dick. Uh, he's got the vest and everything. <laughs> okay. Uh, Flora, created by Gillian and Audric. She has telepathic powers with which she can sense monster minds and communicate with animals and plants. She's from some magical girl series. She's just a fairy. <laughs> I mean, she's either from a magical girl series or she is the protagonist of a Hallmark Cards yeah, cartoon. Yeah, very much so. Um, and then there is Oon, who is an eternal squire, created by this random character who I've never heard of and isn't even mentioned in the character section of Wikipedia, Squire Smith Wixland. That was mentioned in one of the uh, the episodes we saw. Great, Okay. He's the, uh, also the guy who made the living suit of armor dude that temporarily takes over Jace in that episode. Right. Uren originally served uh, Aldric, but has since been appointed to Jace. Yeah. That's basically it. Oh, well, he's he's a comic sidekick. Yes, a very much knight. literally just like a slightly better designed version of Nono from Ulysses 31. Uh, yeah. Also, he's immortal. Well, yeah, he's an eternal squire. Uh, which is kind of weird. But here's the thing. This is fucking Star Wars. Yeah. You've got a young man and a space wizard and a robot and basically the young man's sister on a ship with a very mercenary smuggler dude. Travelling from planet to planet... Many of which are deserts. It's just Star Wars. It's it's what happens when you take um, Ulysses 31 and try and make it for an American audience to sell toys. Yeah. And by make it for an American audience, we mean throw in as much Star Wars as we can without George Lucas being able to sue us. As we've mentioned before, the episode structure is basically they go to a planet, the monster mind is trying to do something at that planet, wants some MacGuffin, wants to take over the planet, and then they stop the monster mind. That's pretty much it. 
It's pretty much the same plotline every single episode. I mean, that's fair enough for a kid's cartoon. Not really. Um, not really at all, no. It's not okay for a, for a kid's cartoon. No. It's, there uh, are ways to do the same, like, basically the same kind of plot structure every single episode well, for a kid's true. cartoon. Ulysses 31 did it better. It's about how you do it, yes. I was actually going to say, where's Wally? Where's Wally did it better? Where's Wally did it brilliantly? That thing's the exact same plot every single time. But it's about the amount of love and charm poured into that cartoon that really sets it off. There's a little variety here, but it all feels like the same sort of beats. Yeah. And it doesn't... It isn't served well by the fact that they're telling this big intergalactic story but it doesn't feel like an actual universe the world building of it makes no sense i mean for a start the monster minds are basically created and then the next episode there's suddenly some sort of intergalactic uh military force that's taken over half of the galaxy well, no, they haven't been created in the pilot episode. They were already existing in the pilot episode. The pilot episode was uh, there to serve the purpose of setting up the Lightning League in the first place. Right. Uh, with Oon, like, cruising across this one planet to get to a safe zone in order to meet up with Jace and the oh, gang. Oh, right, right. To give That's... him half of the okay. route. The Monster Mines were already tra- chasing after Oon in the first place there. Right, Okay. Regardless, it just kind of feels like it goes from the status quo of this is on. It is unusual for these plants to be here to the status quo of, yeah, the plants. They're kind of fascists that took over everywhere. Mm. It's, it's a thing. Uh, speaking of the monster minds themselves, let's um, let's go ahead and describe these to you with the wonderful and. Uh, <laughs> Very laconic descriptions that Wikipedia has given to them. Okay. There is Sorbos, the leader of the Monster Minds. He was spawned from the very plan that Orzhik has in- had intended to end starvation. He is the most anime character in this. He looks like Cell out of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Like, really scarily close to Cell. <laughs> it's kind of weird, actually. I'm not sure why that is. Um, Gungrenner, sub-boss of the Monster Minds. He oversees the Gun Trooper clones. Okay. Terror Tank, sub-boss of the Monster Minds. He oversees the Terror Trooper clones. Are you spotting a pattern here? I think I've worked out what's wrong with this program. KO Cruiser, sub-boss of the Monster Minds. He oversees, oversees the KO Trooper clones. It occurs Beast to Walker me... Beast Walker Commander, sub-boss of the Monster Minds. He oversees the Beast Walker clones. It's suddenly occurring to me that a lot of the stuff that we rank very highly have interesting, well-defined villains. They have this interesting little concept that a lot of these cartoons kind of fail to grasp. These things called characters. Yeah. Actual characters that are things that you can look at and go, ooh, characters. This has a lot of characters. They're just... Quote, unquote. This weird mishmash of heroes from other things thrown together who are fighting more or less a faceless villain. Ooh, hold on, hold on, hold on. A bit of variation... Saw Trooper Commando, Commando rather, he's the only one other than Saw Boss that can take a humanoid form. Ooh, smaller in stature, smaller in stature than Saw Boss, are notable by the stripes on his chest and the absence of a cape. Now the Monster Minds—they have vehicles as well as like the Lightning League do. 
but they are just the weird seed clones that we've mentioned before. Um, uh, there are the true monster minds, i.e. Saw Boss and Saw Trooper. Those two have humanoid forms and also a vehicle form, and you get to see the transformation between the two forms in really unpleasant real-time animations, which is very nice to look at. It's very weird, and in the intro of every episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of pretty much all of the main characters. Uh, as for the voice actors, the voice cast of this cartoon, literally just kind of made up of a collection of just random jobbers who uh, went on to proceed to do more deep shows later on in life. Anyone notable? No. Absolutely okay. no one we know or have seen before in other cartoons. It's literally just a random fucking smorgasbord of jobbers <laughs> that have done other stuff in Deke shows like later on down the line. Kind of the, the additional voices. Uh, yes, basically. Brigade. Yes. Yeah, that's, uh, that doesn't surprise me, it being early Deke. Yeah. Um, the only other interesting little note that I've got here um, is about the uh, fact that several Japanese animation studios worked on this show, which of course is a bit obvious, it's a faux anime thing. They're going to get the authentic look to it. But, I mean, it's of note because there are two very well-known animation studios who have worked on this, including Sunrise, who have worked on things such as Gundam and Cowboy Bebop, and also Shaft, who have worked on things such as Panny Panny Dash, and also the incredibly fucking popular magical girl show, Puala Magi Madoka Magica. <laughs> Which is still the most nuts thing to me that... The fucking studio who did Madoka previously did this. Hey, you have to remember, this was a good way of getting money <laughs> in yeah. The, uh, yeah, at the time. True. Very true. You um, couldn't really get international sales out of anime until much later. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, as for the animation quality itself, uh, well, I mean, I think... Five different studios worked on this cartoon, so it's kind of a mishmash between episodes. Yeah. Uh, I checked out one episode before we start recording, and it looked really wooden and not very good at all. But other episodes we watched together worked a lot better, had much better animation to it. Yeah, so certainly the... Um, certainly the intro and the pilot looked great. Yeah, yeah. So what did you actually reckon to this as a cartoon? Mediocre at best. See, I thought it was passable. <laughs> I disagree heavily. <laughs> I, um... It's fucking boring. Um... Like, I, I found Ulysses 31 a bit of a hard watch because it's a very slow burn, but that yeah. thing is actively interesting. It's this fascinating look to it all, and it's actually something you can watch well ulysses 31 is sort of the um 2001 a space odyssey of deep cartoons yeah in that it's extremely slow a little obtuse and absolutely gorgeous in every damn shot yes whereas this feels like they were trying for the same thing but cheaper and quicker I, don't, I think it's less that they were trying for the same thing and more just Gene Shalopin is just a huge fan of anime and really wants to ape the style a lot. Well, that's true. I mean, the, the, the guy definitely was a huge fan of anime. Yeah. But it comes off as just being a lesser version of Ulysses 31. Albeit, slash Star Wars. Slash Star Wars. 
albeit perhaps with a slightly better pacing than Ulysses 31. Yeah, the pacing is definitely a bit better, but the problem is is that the plot line just falters every single time. So the pacing in the end run is meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, with it it lacks focus. Yes. With everything. Um as I said, with the cast, it just isn't focused. The villains, there's nothing to focus on. The the universe in general just seems like random shit cobbled together. It feels like they attempted Star Wars and ended up with Star Crash. So with all that in mind, where are we ranking this? So personally, I would put it below Captain Planet and above um, Stargate Infinity. Where would you put it? It's a difficult decision for me because the thing is, is Captain Planet is miles better than this show. However, I would also say that Stargate Infinity is a lot more watchable and enjoyable than this show. Really? Because as awful as Stargate Infinity was, the plotline actually meant something. The characters actually meant something. There was actual kind of character development even in Stargate Infinity. There I was guess. that fascinating episode about Echo, like dedicated to Echo and his past. That's true. It did that have episode a good was episode. Actually, like surprisingly solid of an it- episode. And the universe did feel more um, like an actual universe rather than just random shit they threw together. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I'm saying Stargate Infinity is better than it. Okay. Uh, You may have sold me on that. You know what? Okay. Here is my proposal. Right. Number 16. Number 16. So that would be between... Stargate Infinity and Alienus' Evolution Continues. Really? That's that's a lot higher than you were... Uh... Hmm. Thinking about it, this show kind of, like, holds up a little bit better compared to Alienators. Yeah. It, for one thing... I'm going to be super honest with you. Like, it doesn't s- look that gross. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, the thing is, is both shows are effectively nothing. But... Alienators is somehow even more nothing than this show is. Yes, I I would say that the biggest difference between it this and Alienators is Alienators is obnoxious, whereas this is just very confused. Yeah, it's directionless. Yeah, which is ironic considering it's about being chased across uh, space. So, is that an agreement then? I think we've got an agreement. Brilliant. So, in at number 16, that's Jace and the Wheeled Warriors. Excellent. Now then, getting down to business. It's Episode is over. Oh. Yes. It's time for a hiatus. Yeah. We are having a nice, tasty, month-long off break. Now, we know we know this episode came to you a week later than usual. And we apologise for that. But at the same time, me nan died. So go fuck yourselves. Um... <laughs> We were going to announce a uh, a, a uh, hiatus anyway. Yeah, we need a fucking break off of this shit train. There is only so many deep cartoons you can watch uh, in a short length of time before they all start melding together, and that is just weird. Yeah, and I mean, it made more sense 
like last year because I mean we were only doing it once every two weeks so the hiatus didn't come as quickly as it has done here but I mean we've been putting these fuckers out once a week that's pretty much double the import that is just oh we need to back the fuck away from Deke Entertainment for just a short while I mean technically speaking it's pretty much the same amount like give or take like two to three episodes yes it's pretty much the same amount as season one but um yeah we're gonna take a little break we'll be back around sometime in july yes yes we've got a couple of things planned for july so we'll be back in july for season three of deep geeks um until then we don't really have anything to kind of tide you over but i mean we're just going to also have a huge back catalogue of episodes we're going to attempt to get our shit together yeah we we need to um we need to kind of put our heads together and maybe revise some aspects of this show i mean it's definitely come a fair long way since we started this uh this entire thing such as just kind of changing it to make it a bit more of a relaxed conversation removing the history section that sort of thing but we want to keep it kind of fresh and up to date kind of yeah we want to we want to make it more interesting for you to listen to it's... so hopefully that is going to be a thing that i am able to work editing magic on in july but for the time being we are just going to fucking kick our asses back and relax for a month because <sighs> but yeah that's that is it for this episode if you enjoyed this episode which turned out rather better than i expected to be honest um <laughs> then give us a rating on itunes review if you will uh tell your friends about us send our links out to various other places go hey do you like shit cartoons from the 80s and 90s here you go splat and just splat the podcast right in the face it's going to be cool you send them to our URL. That's the website. Go to mostlycobalts.com. That is mostlycobalts.com. M-O-S-T-L-Y-K-O-B-O-L-D-S dot C-O-M. There you go. Just go there. It's a lovely website. We spent at least a day working on it. <laughs> There's not much on there apart from Deep Geeks now. It's we... our back catalogue. Go listen to our older episodes if you've not done that already um or just get out and enjoy the sunshine yeah summer is happening yeah although it it is it is due time for you to go and melt in summertime although i'm looking out of the window and it is currently raining britain britain england so yeah see you in a month or so something like that okay Hello, oh, uh, hey, hey, hello, and welcome to the Everlasting Everglade show, starring Timothy. Hi, Timothy. Who said I was Timothy? I'm not Timothy. <laughs> uh, I'm Timothy. Timothy's next door. He's he's just you know like you go down the road past the corner shop, take a left at the corner shop, say hi to. Bevins, while well, you're there, he knows me. And just keep going, keep going down that road. You'll see Timothy's house. Big sign, big sign. You can't miss it. Big sign. Just go down there. I don't know much about improv. Is this the bit where I ask yes and? <laughs>
sorry. <laughs> you may not know much about improv. But you sure know how to kill it. Yeah, that was sort of the game. Hello, yes, we are the Deep Geeks. <laughs> I'm Timothy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello, yes, we Hold are. On, I'm, I'm busy repositioning about with your mic. <laughs> Hello, we are repositioning the mic. <laughs>